The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. I'm really excited to interview this lovely woman today about this incredible book for children that's just beautiful. And my guest is Norma Siegel, and she helped to realize her late husband's dream to publish his book after he died uh, from a brain tumor. And the book is just enlightening and delighting many, many children. And the book is called From Amoebas to Zebras, the Animal Zoo of Limericks. Welcome, Norma. Hello, Patricia. Yeah, um, this is really quite a story. It also has a love story behind it because you were married and your husband died and you really wanted to pass on his legacy and took these limericks that he created and then had an illustrator bring them to life, which they certainly are. Absolutely. Explain. Tell us the story. Well, my husband loved children. He was an educator for 40 years and he owned a day camp, and he adored children. Um, he, he went from high school, he taught high school biology, which led him to uh, the limericks, actually, because each week when he would give a test on Friday, he would add an extra credit for these high school students, uh, which was a limerick, and then he would pose questions afterwards in which they had to analyze what was in the limerick, and it could be related to the digestive tract or the urinary tract, mm. something. And um, he came home one day and he said to me, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I said, why? He said, they never even react. They don't say they love it. They don't do anything. So he went back the next week without the limerick, just the test. And um, a student in his class stands up and says, Mr. Sigal, I am uh, on strike like, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm not taking the test. Why are you not taking the test? There is no limerick. He said, well, you wow. never even said anything that you loved it. You didn't like it. Then 32 more students stood up and said, we're on strike, too. We're not taking the test either. Wow. And so he said, all right, all right, I'll do it again. So, of course, those were related to the high school topics. Uh, he loved the children, the small children that were in his day camp, and he said, I, and he always wanted them to learn something. So on a manual typewriter, he wrote these limericks. And I really didn't even know about their existence until shortly before he died when he was just telling me all the instructions about what I should do once he dies. Mm. And he said to me, I have to ask you to make me a promise if you can. And I said, what is that? He said, I have not lived long enough to try and publish this. 
but I'm dying from a brain tumor, which is cancerous, and he said, I would like you to try to publish this book for me and give it to children who have cancer. And he said, and use any of the proceeds, of course, you have to sell it, use any of the proceeds to gift these children. He said, and I looked at it, and of course, it was a typewritten text, and as a teacher, that's not a children's book. So, uh, albeit 15 years later, after I had gone through cancer three times, uh, mm-hmm. I was 75 years old, and I said, if I don't do it now, when will I do it? Mm-hmm. And so I searched and found a wonderful publisher who is now like my surrogate child who took a great interest. I said to her, I'm spending a lot of money doing this. I need to have your honest opinion. She said to me, Norma, go for it. Mm-hmm. And so I did. It took one year, and this young man who was the illustrator just turned this typewritten page text into mm. this spectacular children's book. Yeah, it's beautiful. And in it's addition, really beautiful. I made the CD because uh, several of my friends have autistic grandchildren. Mm. And also, uh, having had chemotherapy, I know that when you do, your vision is very blurred. And since I was giving it to children who would be undergoing chemo, um, People suggest, why don't you make a CD? A social worker actually brought that to my attention. Why don't you make a CD? Because then we can give them a headset and they can listen Mm -hmm. to it and they can just turn the pages to see Mm -hmm. the pictures. Mm -hmm. And so I went and did that professionally and that was just a wonderful experience and I made it so complete because I didn't want to overlook anything because I said this is a one-time thing for me. And uh, it has been embraced. It won the Franklin Graphic Arts Award for this young man who was wow. like Bill Vin- Stephen, who was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it's in museums. It's in children's zoos. And I have met. This is a journey of joy, Patricia, because I have mm-hmm. met children and people that I would never in my whole yeah. life have met. Yeah. Had it not been for this book, in hospitals, social workers. It's it's just and it's a little it's just a beautiful picture book, but the it colors is. are gorgeous. I I think we have time. I'd like you to read the book to us. Would you read it? Uh, absolutely. Or would you rather have me read it? Or no, would you rather have me talk about it, it and then we'll then we can go from there. We can just do read a couple of them. Absolutely. Okay. Because my voice is on the CD that's in the back. Uh, as well, and um, I was the sound engineer. I said, oh, I don't know if my voice is good enough. He said, listen, you're the one who has the passion for this. You should be the one to do it. All right, go ahead. Okay, here I go. We'll start from the beginning, or shall I just read some of my very favorite ones? Um, Whichever you would like, whatever calls to you. Okay. The book is in alphabetical order, and it starts with A, which is an amoeba. But I'm going to start with the B, which is for a bat. A bat seems to fly around pell-mell, as far as I'm able to tell. It uses its wings, but bumps into things when its sonar's not working too well. I love it. I love it. I love it, and I love the picture. It's fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> It looks like he hit his head and he's really having a... a All right, I, I want to read one. Go ahead. Elephants. This is an elephant. Uh, the, the illustration is incredible. Sitting um, by a tree uh, with the sunglasses on and having the drink like the pina colada. Uh-huh. Elephants <laughs> eat quite a lot. Cool off under water when hot. 
They're said to be sage and live to an old age, but too big to sleep on a cot. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. All right, you read one. Well, you know, children love dragons. I think yes, the only yes. fictional one in the whole book that is not, not real has some very exotic ones, but the dragon is one because kids, even my grandchildren said, oh, we have to have keep that, keep that. So here it is. Dragons are fictional snakes that inhabit the land and the lakes, snorting brimstone and fire while oozing through mire. But mostly, I think they're just fakes. I love it. <laughs> that is really great. And the illustration, of, sure, of course, shows this character in the mire holding up a sign that says, fake. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Now, this um, one, I'm going to read the one on jellyfish. You can uh, like two yes. jellyfish that are like, they're lovers. They're like, they're like the married jellyfish. It's very cute, all done in pink. Male jellyfish swim with the tide. Their tentacles float as they glide. They will soon surrender to the opposite gender, a Medusa they'll take as a bride. Yeah. And check nice. out the diamond ring that he I put did. on her tentacle. I did, the diamond <laughs> ring on the tentacle of the jellyfish. I mean, that is something. Yeah. And, you know, I really thought I learned so much from this. I thought Medusa, remember in mythology where she had all these snakes on her head? Yes. Um, well, I'm not, but did, I never did know. And, you know, I'm a teacher, but I never did know that a, that a Medusa is a female jellyfish. I didn't know that either. No. So I learned that. And there was something else that I learned here, uh, that the panda and the raccoon are related. There's one in here mm-hmm. where you see the panda with his, you know, big eyes, and you see the um, raccoon, raccoon next sitting one. next to him and saying, hey, cuz. <laughs> and this is very interesting because I learned a lot from this, too. A panda looks much like a bear with sunglasses and plenty of hair. Some experts have stated the raccoon is related the last time that I was aware. So for me, you know, his limericks are brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they the really thing is, are. He wanted them to learn something. So you will notice that the language in most of them is pretty sophisticated. Yes, pretty sophisticated because mm. um, that's why I did the glossary at the end because he was all for having children learn something, not just you know something being funny for no reason. And so I included the glossary, which has words like a la carte because I don't think most children know that. Right. That's right. One of our and tell mail, which is a British uh, expression. Yes, you do have a which, glossary here. Yes, and regalia. So I have a that's, a, that's a difficult one too. Y- yes. Regalia. Regalia. Mm-hmm. Fine clothing or signs of royalty. Right. Brimstone is sulfur. Uh, crustaceans, they might know that. But uh, suet, which is hard fat inside of a cattle or a sheep. And, mm. um, you know, there, there are just very many here, and it goes in alphabetical order. So mm. that, and I did give some examples on one, for instance, uh, tentacles. Um, it's a long, thin body part on the head or around the mouth of some animals. They're used for feeling or taking hold of things. Mm-hmm. And so I made an example. Octopus and squid have tentacles, so maybe mm-hmm. they could relate to that. Yeah. And um, I tried to make it as specific as I possibly could. It's really lovely, very compelling, and it, the, the colors, the colors are spectacular, really. I mean, and did you right, notice? Beautiful, but, but it's interesting because although they're bright colors, they're not so bright that they bowl you over. They're, they're inviting. There's an invitingness to all these beautiful colors. Shades right. of blue and pink and red and orange and 
green and just and uh, Patricia noticed that the and you know it, it goes in alphabetical order and the uh, the illustrator put letters on top of each in alphabetical order and e- yes. each animal and yep. the letters are in the theme of the illustration which yes. I love. Yeah, made it very well done, folks. Really, I suggest you go out and get this wonderful book. How can people find it? Well, it is on my website. I have a website, and the website is uh, either www or if you just even put in amoebas to zebras dot com. A m o e b a s to zebras dot com, and will come up. I have a PayPal uh, thing there, and you can also see. On the website, you can look at about three pages of the limericks, and the um, the illustrator made that website for me. And you put your finger in the corner, and you can flip the page. That's great. So have you, you been to... speaking in any of the schools? I have. I have. Uh, I also went to a couple of museums here, um, the Children's Please Touch Museum, which was so well-received, and I've gone to preschools, and I've gone to other schools, and uh, actually, uh, I'm going to my grandson's school, because Aww. coming the end of the term, and you know, kids are very itchy at this time, so I'm taking the book there, and I'm going to have his teacher, I'm going to read the book to them, but then I'm having his teacher teach them how to write a limerick because I have place for this in this book. Uh, the last two pages say, what was your favorite limerick? Tell us why. Well, that's a wonderful language arts lesson. And the next page is devoted to write your own limerick. And um, limericks are funny little poems. I saw me. that. I think that's yeah. so great that the, that the children then have an opportunity to write their own limerick. Exactly. So, and I have no problem with teachers, and I have friends who are teachers. They Xerox those pages, and they use it as a language arts lesson. And to me, that very is, good. Yeah, that is just makes it so much more worthwhile. And uh, children who are hospitalized, they can do that. Also, it gives them something to do while they are the long hours that they are there. And um, of course, and my endorsements on the back are from two very special people. One is Kara Album Nesser, whose brother is Mitch Album, who is a famous author. Yeah, and she is an international educator. Educator, and so she said to me, she works in a mission in in Haiti for children who never went to school. They cannot go to school. There's no government schooling there. And so they've opened a uh, an orphanage for children who lost their parents in the earthquake. Mm. And she said they are now reading these limericks, and they never knew any English. So to me, mm. that is so exciting. And my other endorser was Cindy Hasid, a friend of mine who has a Ph.D. in literacy, and she was a professor at Rowan University. And they urged me, you know, I just didn't want to undertake this and meet with defeat. I wanted it to be successful. And so they both said to me, just do it. Mm-hmm. And that was and my encouragement. Did. Yes, yes. You did, and it's really um, helping so many, so, so many people. Mm. And what I have to just tell you as a, not an aside, but an important thing, a couple of the limericks, the meter was not quite right, and one was sort of missing one letter. And I have remarried, and my husband, uh, who is an excellent writer and whatever, came on board with this project. He actually went to the same colleges that my late husband did. Didn't really know him personally, but they're both optometrists and teachers. Isn't that they went to the same schools. 
so when I met him and when I told him about my project, he jumped on board and actually he did a lot of proofing. He wrote um, a couple of the, uh, well, corrected or the meter on a couple of them and he really has been with me the whole way on this journey. Hmm. So I feel very fortunate for that. And uh, we're making you know, some... I, I'd, like to, I'd like to bring another element into this interview um, because I do lots of radio programs and lots of radio programs on relationships and what works. We hear so much, Norma, about what doesn't work. We hear about divorce and breakups and issues, but whenever I talk with somebody who's really had a beautiful relationship and a beautiful marriage, I always want to ask this question, what made it work? Okay, for me, this yes. is a very coarse, very personal thing for each person. Uh, however, for me, what made my previous marriage, my where I lost my husband through um, death and my current husband, we need, there's no, I don't believe there's one person in this world that can be everything to any one of us. Hmm. Uh, I really believe that everyone needs many people in their lives to complete their life. Mm -hmm. And I am a person who is very much involved in many different things, Uh, activities uh, with children, having been a teacher and a principal. I was involved in my students' lives, and I had a lot lot going with that. And I'm in choirs, and I was a musician when I was young. And I really need to have my own life with those people, my husband, um, neither one, you know, was particularly musical, but they appreciated my music ability. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, well, they were lovers of music, but I, everyone needs to have some place and somebody or some people with whom they can share some of their common interests. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both, they both need and my late husband needed his private time. And I allowed him to have that. He was very, very uh, possessive of that, to come up with creative ideas for his day camp, to come up with creative ideas for his teaching. Mm-hmm. And I had to be, and I was pleased with that, because that, that allowed me to do things. Just for an example, when he would give a test on Friday, and you know, Friday's always the test day in schools, a uh, biology test. And, you know, even my own children used to complain, Mom, you know, I took that test and I never got the results and here it is two weeks later. Mm. And, you know, unfortunately, some teachers are just not right up on that or realize how important it is to give feedback immediately. He would say to me, don't really make any plans for this weekend because I have a lot of papers to mark. There's no point to marking them if you don't give them back Mm. the next day because it's not helpful to the students. So let me let me paraphrase what you've been what you've been saying. I mean, I hear this part about how he to his work and also to you, but I think what you're saying is that for you, the healthy relationship involves two people being whole and complete on their own, having their own life, but also coming together and sharing. But knowing that it's not just one person, that everything in your life is what's making it up and helping it to work. That's absolutely is that what you right. said? That's absolutely right, because yeah. his involvement with his students and his class and my involvement with my career, which I had, uh, I would bring things that were very interesting home, things that happened, he would bring. If we had just been 
a solitary couple, the two of us, we would not be enriched and nourished by yeah. those things yeah. that we get from other people. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you feel that way in your, in, uh, he died and then you remarried in this marriage as well? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> it's very, so very important <laughs> that you bring, and I think that, you know, it also, in a way, speaks to what you did. Because when he passed on, you worked on his behalf and brought this to the public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. very beautiful. Beautiful story. Beautiful story and stories, Norma. Yeah. Really. And here's another thing I want to say. Because, you know, you have said on the air that you're 77. That's and there are correct. so many people that are 60s, you know, 60 plus that are saying, oh, I can't have this. I'm too old. It's never too late, is it? No, it's not. It is not. As a matter of fact, fact, I guess as a result of having met my mortality three times with cancer mm. um, and, of course, losing my husband, uh, I really believe that we tried to, at my age, at 75, I absolutely turned to myself and said, if I don't do it now, when will I do it? Do mm-hmm. I want to get to be 85 and say I could have, should have, would have? Yeah. I need to do it now. And so mm-hmm. it became my priority mm-hmm. at that point. And I devoted myself <laughs> sometimes a little but bit too much. But what's lovely is that you had the help of, of this husband, you yes. know, of your, of your second husband. I mean, that, that was such a, a wonderful thing. And that it's affecting so many lives of children in a positive way and that you're giving the money back to children with cancer. And the reason, and let me tell you one additional thing that my husband, this, my current husband and I, Dave and I do, that I did not do before, I was looking for a marketing tool because here I am, a teacher, I'm not a business person, how do I get this out, how do I get it uh, known, how do I make people look for it online, whatever. So what we did, we go and we entertain in senior communities. Mm. Uh, we do things like I'm, I can be Sophie Tucker, I can be Phyllis Diller, yeah, that's fine. Uh, and we do this humor because humor, people who can laugh can live longer. I mean, it's scientifically yeah. proved, yeah. and there is humor in everything in life, good things and bad things, and we do this humor workshop. And we do get paid. First, we were doing it for nothing, and I said, we can't do this. We need to get paid. So we get paid $125 for a 45-minute show, and we entertain people who many of them have no, no family left or not many visitors who just sit all day and either read or whatever they do. And here we bring laughter to them. And it's a wonderful feeling to see them smile and laugh and then we put we present the book at the end and we tell them that we're doing this and this money will go toward gifting children with books and you know many of them say oh, i want to copy that for my grandchildren That's and somebody wonderful. will say i'm a Gigi, i'm a grand grand grandma great grandma mm-hmm. i need this book at my house i'm tired of mm-hmm. them with their ipads <laughs> yeah. and you know what our sales have been wonderful with the seniors isn't that wonderful? Terrific. Terrific. Tell people again. We have a couple of minutes left, so sure. tell people again how, um, how they get this book. Okay. The book is available online if you go to my website, which is amoebas, A-M as in Mary, O-E, B as in boy, A-S, 2zebras.com. Go mm-hmm. on and you will see 
the book come up in living color, and you will have the opportunity to purchase it through PayPal. And then it will be sent out to you. Very simple. I have people from all over the United States who have done that, and then it just gets sent within a day or two. And it won the 2013 Franklin GAA Award. What is that award? Okay, that award actually is a coup for my publisher because it's the Graphic Arts Award. Uh, Publishers have an opportunity to present one product that they had made for a year. Mm-hmm. And that goes into about 500 entries, you know, from wow. all over people. Wow. Okay. There are 13 winners out of the 500. Mm. And Amoebas to Zebras was one of the top winners. Oh, I bet so you So that is so really, thrilled. you know, that's really a coup for her. But, of course, mm-hmm. it is for me as well. Wonderful. And um, we were just delighted. And so I have stickers on all the books now. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So that it's an award-winning book. Well, this is terrific. What a great interview. And my guest today has been Norma Siegel. And in honor of her late husband, Sydney, she has produced, taken his limericks, and brought them to life in this beautiful children's book that is colorful and illustrated. The illustrations are gorgeous, called From Amoebas to Zebras, The Animal Zoo of Limericks. And I'll tell you, the, the backstory around this is just as important and just as beautiful as the story of the book. So I want you to know that. That's how I feel. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, and the backstory actually is in here in the inside front cover. Yes. A it's picture of, of Sydney and really what happened and, and what you've done and how you've been very dedicated to taking these limericks uh, that he had asked you to do and, and made them into a a beautiful picture book. I'm sure he's smiling down here looking at this. <laughs> I feel confident of that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Norma. Stay on the line with us. Stay on the line. Thanks so much for being on the program. You're quite welcome. My All pleasure. right. And again, the website again is From Amoebas to Zebras. Well, actually, right? you could just put in www. Amoebas to Zebras. Either way, amoebas to zebras.com. Okay, A-M-O-E-B-A-S to zebras.com. That is correct. And yep. all the proceeds to this book go to children with cancer. So right. really, get the book. You'll love it. You'll love it. Your kids will love it. Your grandkids will love it. Your nieces and nephews will love it. And your friends will love it, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, folks. Yeah. All right, this wraps up this edition of Patricia Raskin Positive Living, which is right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. This is my 10th or 11th or 12th year right here on Voice America, and I really believe in what this network does, and I love doing this program. Until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. I'm Patricia Raskin. Log on to PatriciaRaskin.com. I have three other radio shows, and I'd love to share that with you, so log on to PatriciaRaskin.com. Until next time, have a great, great week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.